You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast here on Monday, September 30th, 2019, or through the month of September. This is John B. from GangGreenNation.com. As always, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. Your options include Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And please leave the show a good review if you do enjoy it. We certainly do appreciate it, and it helps our show out quite a bit. Well, we are through the bye. The Jets had the early bye this year, week four. And now we are going to go through the finish. In the next 13 weeks, we'll have Jets games to break down. And as we exit the bye on today's show, what I want to talk about are some players who need to step up going forward. And these are players who I think have been disappointing for the Jets in the early part of the season. And there, you know, there are a couple of players I'm going, I'm going to exclude from this list. Um, I'm not going to talk about the quarterbacks. I think we know the Jets need better quarterback play. I think we all know that Sam Darnold's return, which we're not sure how imminent it is, but we know Sam Darnold's return is probably coming at some point over the next couple of weeks. Um, we look, everybody knows this, the quarterback situation. Everybody knows what it's been. Everybody knows how important Darnold is. I don't think there's any need to go over that. And I also am going to avoid player, player, a player like Daryl Roberts mentioning him because I'm only going to mention players who I think that there's a plausible path for them to improve their play and give the Jets high-quality play at their position. And Roberts is a guy who we kind of – I feel like we kind of know what he is. He's not a guy who is a capable starter in this league. He's a guy who's been very much miscast in a starting role for this football team. So, I mean, yes, does Daryl Roberts need to play better for the Jets? Of course, but it doesn't – I mean, I don't really know that you can reasonably expect it. So we're going to stay with guys who you can reasonably expect. And I'm also going to avoid somebody like Orion Khalil – just from the standpoint that he should be on the list, but I'm not convinced that he's going to be in the lineup. I mean, I, I, would it shock me if Ryan Khalil is the starting center this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles? No, I would probably expect it, but would it shock me if Ryan Khalil is not in the starting lineup? No, not at all. He's been that bad. So th- those are the guy, kind of types of guys I'm going to ignore. Um, there are plenty of different people who fit those categories. So instead we're going to, Talk about uh, some of the players who I think there's there's a plausible path for them to improve their performance, and it will make a big difference for this team if the Jets do. And I'm going to start off on the defensive line, and I'm going to name two players. And those two players are Henry Anderson and Leonard Williams. Anderson got a decent contract this offseason, a, a pretty good contract off a seven-sack season. Williams is playing out the final year of his rookie contract. He is on the fifth-year option. He will be a free agent at season's end. These are the two highest-paid defensive linemen on the team, and they have zero sacks. And the reason these guys are so important is that if you look at the way this roster is constructed, there was really only one conceivable path I could scratch out for this defense to be effective. It's really tough in this league when you have no explosive pass rushers off the edge and no corners and the debate about what's more important coverage coverage or pass rushing is kind of a chicken or the egg type situation it's difficult to say which is more important but these are the two elements of playing defense in this league especially in in such a pass happy league Um, and the Jets have neither in an ideal world you'd want you'd probably want three good edge rushers and 
a bunch of good cover corners. You want both. You don't you don't want to choose between the two of them. You know, you why wouldn't you want both? Uh, the Jets have none of these. Jets don't have edge rushers. They don't have corners. Actually, I, I will say Brian Poole in the slot. I think has done a really good job. He surprised me. I think he's he's been better than I thought he would be. So I think Brian Poole. You know, if we're talking about guys who have surprisingly exceeded expectations, I think Brian Poole would be near the top of my list. But outside of that, there's no. I mean, there's not really much of quality at the corner position. Maybe Nate Harrison's played okay the first couple weeks. He, I thought he played okay against Cleveland. Um, but, I mean, this is a, still a bottom-tier group of corners. And, and again, it's a bottom-tier edge group. So, really, the only path I saw that I could even view as conceivable for the Jets to have a good defense this year is that they were going to have to make up for the lack of a pass rush off the edge by having guys who were in, in, interior-type defensive linemen really step up and perform well for this team. And I'm talking about the 290, 300-pound kind of guys. And one of those guys, Quinnen Williams, has been hurt. So he's also a rookie, but he's been hurt. So he has not really had an opportunity to make an impact for this team. So I'm going to let Quinnen Williams off the hook. Hopefully he's back this weekend for the Jets. This Jets certainly could use him in there. Um, I don't know how good he's going to be this year, but he certainly could help. But the two guys I'm looking at, these two highly paid uh, interior linemen, Henry Anderson and Leonard Williams, who again have combined for zero sacks so far this year. Your two, your two highest paid defensive linemen combined for zero sacks. And in addition to, it's, not, it's like I said, it's not just about zero sacks. It's zero sacks the way this defense is constructed, where it has to be the interior type guys who bring heat and get to the quarterback. And I think of the two, Anderson's the guy I'd let slide a little bit more because I felt like he kind of played over his head last year in terms of the sack total. I wasn't expecting big things, but at the end of the day, the, with the amount of money he's making, he's got to produce more than zero sacks. But Leonard Williams is the disappointing player. It, it's it's just mind-boggling to me what's happened to this guy, where he's gone from pro bowler in 2016, a guy who looks like a future star, or even a present star in 2016, to a good starter in 2017. Honestly, in 2017, a guy who was probably underappreciated because he did not put up the monster numbers, but yet he's still doing his job very effectively. To 2018, where he's just an average starter. He really didn't do that well. And even at that point, I was like, well, you know, he's primed for a bounce-back year. I mean, Leonard Williams, we've seen Leonard Williams produce. I'm not going to go crazy just because he has one average season. And now this year, where, I mean, I almost feel like he's a liability out there through the first three games. Uh, something's got to give with this guy, and I think we all know this guy has the ability to be a, a very good player in this league, if not a great player. And I just can't figure out what's what's missing with Leonard Williams. It's very frustrating for the Jets because we've been down this road before with the early flashes of brilliance, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, guys who came into the league early in their careers, two years into their careers, looked like they were on their way for stardom. You know, some flashes of brilliance. Wilkerson's, Wilkerson's lasted a little bit longer than the other guys, but then they just kind of fall back to earth. And I, I don't know what's happened to Leonard Williams, and I'd love to figure it out. You know, last year people blamed it on Bowles. Well, Bowles is gone, and Williams has almost gotten worse, so something's got to give with Leonard Williams. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck in the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects your favorite restaurants in your city 
Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your favorite local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word. Again, that's $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked on. Locked on Jets podcast here on a Monday, talking about players who really need to pick up their game over the final 13 for the New York Jets, guys who are probably off to slow starts this year, and it would behoove them to start playing better because they're very important to this Jets team. And I think it's easy to look at the quarterback situation and see that you're down to your third guy, uh, especially last week against New England and kind of say, well, there's no hope here. But the fact of the matter is that the the issues with this team, I think, go well beyond quarterback play right now. And our first segment, we talked about Leonard Williams and Henry Anderson. The next guy I'm going to go to is Jamal Adams. And, you know, I just don't know what it is with Jamal, and I'm hoping it's just kind of a three-week slump. But he just is not the same player he was a year ago. Last year, he was constantly making plays all over the field, making impact plays all over the field. And this year, it just seems like there's a lack of them. And not just, and not only is there a lack of them, but I think what, else, what the other thing that kind of troubles me is he's getting beat a lot. I mean, there are lots of big plays where he's got some fingerprints on them. Uh, you go to, back to the drive that kind of got Buffalo going week one when the Jets were in control of the game and the Bills just started gashing them on the ground. I went back and looked at them. There was an awful lot of plays where Jamal Adams was was in a position to make a play, a play that he probably would have made a year ago and just got taken out of it. Maybe took a bad angle, got himself out too wide, made himself easy pickings for a block. Just the types of plays he was making, like I said, in 2018. And in addition to this, uh, the other thing I would say is you go back to last week, going back to the week three game against New England for the long Izzo catch where the Jets busted the coverage and it sure looked to me like it was Adams' guy. Um, Adams was really the only guy in the area who conceivably could have had Izzo. That's at least what I thought when I reviewed it. One of my colleagues on Gang Green Nation wrote an article about it, and he came, he came to the exact same conclusion. Uh, and so, And I think what, what happened on that play was Adams had Izzo in man coverage. Izzo stayed in to block it. Izzo's the tight end for New England who had the big catch uh, in the first quarter of the Week 3 game. Izzo stayed in to block. So typically what happens... Uh, and it depends. I guess it depends on scheme. I shouldn't say typically because it depends on the coach. It depends on the scheme. But many instances, what happens is if your guy stays in the block, the guy you're covering in man coverage, that frees you up to blitz. So what happened was Izzo stayed in the block. Adams blitzed, and then delayed. Izzo released into a route, and Adams was nowhere near him. Uh, it was a well, well designed by New England, but type of play Adams has been making in the past. And in addition to that. I, I sure looked like on, on one of the touchdowns scored by Philip Dorsett in week three, it really looked to me like Adams bit hard on a play-action fake. And Adams was not the only one, but it did look like it was in Adams' zone. And the other guy who bit really hard was Blake Cashman. I'm going to have more patience with a fifth-round rookie for biting hard on a play-action fake than I will a guy who was a top-six pick 
and a guy who we know can play at an all pro level at the safety position. So those are the things that, uh, you know, those are just the things that can't happen. And there needs, uh, like I said, there need to be more impact plays for Jamal, from Jamal. I, you know, it's too early to hit the panic button, I think, but I am troubled by the fact that through three games, he just, he's not look he kind of looks like a guy who's taken a step back as much as he took a step forward in 2018 after his rookie season through his first three games of 2019, he kind of seems like a guy who's maybe taking a little step back. Um, next guy I'm going to talk about, and this is, I, this is one that I don't feel the same level of conviction that I do with the first three, because I think he's been kind of held back by scheme. I think he's been held back by the quarterback situation, but Robbie Anderson's been very quiet. And part of this is not just, I mean, I, I, I could almost be calling out the coaching staff on this one because the, this is one of those players. There's some players where, the hype around them that the team was giving in training camp does not match the extent to which this person has been put featured in the game plans. And, you know, Anderson, it's a bit tricky because we don't know whether he's added th other things to his repertoire beyond the deep ball. But, man, I mean, the way the Jets were talking about him in preseason, they were talking about getting him the ball over the middle. They were talking about getting the ball and getting him the ball in space. And none of it's really emerged. And I, to an extent, I can get over the lack of deep balls because the lack of deep balls come and go. And, you know, he may run into a hot month where maybe like three or four straight weeks he's catching a deep ball a week. I think he got off to a slow start last year. And then a game against Denver, he went, he, he had a monster game um, right around this time last year. So not so much the deep ball, but I think it's a little disappointing when you talked about how the Jets, the Jets kept talking about how this guy is such a better rounded receiver. And I have not seen a ton of emphasis on trying to utilize these skills the Jets were talking. And look, I, the skills might not exist. He may just be a guy who's one-dimensional. But it's kind of the, the just odd, the disconnect from what I heard from the Jets heading into the season versus the way the player's been. And he's not the only one. I mean, Ty Montgomery's another guy who fits that description where the Jets were talking about him being an integral piece of the offense, and he's barely been used. Um, but Anderson is the more key player. Look, we know Ty Montgomery. I'm not going to put Ty Montgomery on this list because Montgomery is more of a role player. He's not. Never, he was never really going to be a guy who was carrying the load on this offense, whereas Anderson is, on paper, the number one receiver here. And again, like I, there are qualifiers with Ander, with Robbie Anderson that there are not with the other players on this list because you have quarterback play. And I think, to, as I said, I think to an extent the scheme also has come into play here and maybe held his production down a little bit. But ultimately, you're just not getting what you were hoping for from Anderson. You were hoping to see take at least a little step forward this year and it really has not happened yet so over the final 13 weeks and again that's what the show's about the show's not about saying that these players are finished what this show is about this show is saying about we need to see more we need to see we're hoping to see more so that's that's another guy who would make my list locked on jets podcast talking about guys who really need to elevate their game and, you know, I was going to talk Kelvin Beecham and Brandon Shell, but, man, I, I could almost go the entire – let's go with the entire offensive line because this, is, this line has been a mess. And I don't think anybody expected this unit to be great heading into this season. And if you did, then your expectations were probably too high. But, man, like uh, nobody could have expected this. I mean, this is a line that's much worse than the line. I, maybe like, sometimes you romanticize the past a little bit. 
I don't think I'm romanticizing the 2018 Jets line, though. That was not a good line. I did not think that was a good offensive line the Jets had back in 2018. But, man, again, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. Man, I don't remember the line looking like this big of a mess. I mean, these guys, the, the schemes that they're running don't make a lot of sense. I mean, how many times are you going to slide slide your protection away from Miles Garrett and let Garrett run at your quarterback for free? Uh, they're just guys are not understanding their assignment sometimes. Guys not communicating well when under duress. Uh, just everything. I mean, anything that looks, this, this line has looked awful. And uh, not that the 2018 line was good, but man, I just can't remember it looking like this. Uh, so, you know, something's got to give. And again, that thing that may give, and I don't think this is going to be a move that really that really helps the team a tremendous amount, but they may need to make a change at center and they may need, they may even consider making a change at right guard. Those are the two spots where maybe you can find somebody, um, you know, Kelvin Beecham has not played all that well this year. And I qualify that with a little bit because Beecham's not a premium left tackle. He's not a guy you'd expect to play well one-on-one against Miles Garrett. And I think that game is kind of seared into everybody's conscious and, you know, to, to an extent, I mean, that's kind of what you should have expected going in because that's just, that was just going to be always going to be a rough matchup for Beecham. But just the uh, the line in general, I, I mean, I can't think – I don't think anybody's really playing well on this line right now. The Osemele trade, which so many of us had high hopes for, I'm not sure that that's really panning out all that well. Khalil, which many of us had high hopes for, again, has just been a catastrophe. But we're going to leave him out. I said at the top of the show I'd leave him out. So so we'll just stick with the other four offensive linemen. Winters is win- I mean, Winters. Is winters. But I just – these guys may not be good, but they're, they can't be this bad. There's no reason to expect them to be this bad. And this bad they've been. And this is the thing. If Sam Darnold comes back and this line doesn't play any better, I don't think this, the, this Jets offense is going to move the ball all that well. And that's what I go back to my point at the top of the show is that, yes, it's going to help when Darnold's back. Yes, the quarterback position is the most important on the field, but the problems on this team are so much deeper than the quarterback spot. And I think to expect Sam Darnold to come in and fix everything that's wrong with this team is not really fair with Sam, not really fair to Sam Darnold. And I don't think it's really an accurate portrayal of what's wrong with this team right now because the problems are so much more complex and so much deeper than just the quarterback. And yes, the quarterback has been a problem, but there are so many problems with this team right now. The good news is that the guys I mentioned on today's show at least have the ability to fix them again. I don't think they have a solution at corner. I think that that's one. I don't see what where the solution comes from at edge rusher i mean i don't know what the solution is i you know i don't see that but the ones we mentioned today there's at least a path you can at least see the path for things getting better and another one that i throw in there is tight end where in spite of gase's bizarre infatuation with ryan griffin and gase's love of 11 gays being in love with 11 personnel um you at least are getting Chris Herndon back after this Philly game. So, again, that's another spot where you can at least see a path to improvement, and that's really what the Jets need because the Jets get these guys playing better, the guys I mentioned on this show. This team could actually win some games. This team could actually start putting together some wins, and, you know, the playoffs are going to be a long shot at this point. It's it's really going to be tough. I mean, going nine of – if you – minimum, you probably need nine wins, and you might need ten. Going nine and four or ten and three over the last thirteen—that's an awfully tall task for the, for a team like the Jets. But you can at least see some, hopefully, see some watchable football from these, from this team if things in these areas improve.
That's all for our show today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast. It is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy this show, subscribe to it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify are among your choices. And leave the show a good review if you do like it. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk more Jets.